turn with me to Psalm chapter 5, and we're going to read verse 11 and verse 12. And um, what I want to talk to you about today is the favor of God. Favor. Everybody say favor. That's where we understand the love God has for us, and we actually accept it. And Psalm 5, 11, and 12 says it this way, but let all who take refuge in you be glad. There's a real payoff in walking with the Lord. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. And let all that take refuge in you not be depressed, not be morbid, not be dreary, not be just somber religionists, but actually drink from the wells of salvation. Jesus said in John chapter 7, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And he said, uh, as the scripture says, when you believe, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers, get this, of living water. Living water. Aqua viva. Effervescence. You know, you go to a restaurant, do you want still or do you want uh, fizzy, you know? And uh, the, the Lord specializes in both, but he, he causes abundance to come to his house. And, he, and he's inclined toward and interested in and has an affection toward you and an interest in lifting you and blessing you and bringing you into abundance. He, in fact, Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But he said, I've come, listen carefully, that they might have life, that's Zoe, the God kind of life, a quality of life that heaven itself enjoys, not just quantitative life, but qualitative life, not just longevity, but sustained experience. He wants to bring life to the lost. He wants to bring light to the, those that are enshrouded in darkness. He wants to bring forgiveness to those of us that failed and fell. He is faithful and he has a plan. Hallelujah. And it says, when we take refuge in him, we are under instruction to be glad. Let them ever sing for joy and may you shelter them that those who love your name may exult in you, triumph in you, rejoice in you, have a, a lift. It ought to show up in our marriages. It ought to show up when I melt my pants with my iron and um, trust in God because the school was so uh, traditional, they wouldn't even let us wear blue jeans, man. Now they only wear blue jeans. And the last time they had me speak there, I was the only one in a suit. Everybody else is wearing blue jeans and boots and stuff. And when I was in school, I had long hair, blue jeans and boots, and I had to wear my polyester suit. But God supplied. All I had were blue jeans and white t-shirts, no belt and tennis shoes. You know, that's how Patsy was so attracted to me. I understand the fashion level was, you know, it, it dazzled. I'm telling you, that's part of what dazzled her. She saw that I was really a catch, and so did her mom and dad. They eventually saw that it would turn out all right, and it did. So we walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. That's for my in-laws that are with the Lord. Um, it says in verse 12, For it is you who blesses the righteous man, O Lord. Now that can be off-putting for people because, Oh, nobody's righteous. No, not one. But you know, in the Old Testament, it was performance-based, living up to the law and endeavoring to live up to the law. And it was, a, it was a hard and difficult covenant. It was a ministry that had condemnation. It was difficult. It was a blessing because it led, it made people aware that they needed a rescuer. They needed a savior. 
and Jesus being the fulfillment of all of, the, all of it, he says, listen, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And he was there in Israel and there in Jerusalem looking at people that were just trying to move in this religious obeisance. And it was so hard. And Jesus was basically saying, I'm bringing in a new covenant established on better promises with a new commandment to love. And uh, I'm going to change the way you think. I'm going to give the, what I call you to, I'm actually going to equip you for. The call to Christianity is be holy for I am holy. We're to press on to perfection or to maturity. And in our own human abilities, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Christianity is where God gets on the inside of us and helps us to live it out. That's why it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, because it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And I see some people nodding. You have a knowing about the grace of God helping you. Your testimony is not, hey, I'm so spiritual. It, your testimony is not, I'm just such a sophisticated prayer person, or I'm so amazing in my Bible intake, or I'm, I've been so developed in my walk of faith. I, in fact, I don't see that in maturity. I see that leave people. People, I, you know, I, we saw Billy Graham. We saw uh, uh, Brother Hagen. We saw T.L. Osborne. We saw uh, Reinhard Bonnke, Marilyn and Wally Hickey. People, we had the privilege, Patsy and I, of over 40 years of ministry of interacting with really great, mighty people of God who achieved tremendous fruit. And it was categorically clear, every one of them, they had a humility to them. Every one of them, they were childlike in their love for Jesus. Every one of them was real from the public persona and the private spectrum. It was seamless. They loved Jesus. And I'm so thankful I had person after person that walked side by side with me or demonstrated. Some people say you should never meet your heroes. I'm thankful to say that the ones that I got to interact with, hallelujah, they meant it. They were sincere. There was unfeigned, sincere love for the brethren and unfeigned faith, meaning it was real. It wasn't pretentious. How many of you signed up for the real thing? Jesus came to give the real thing. And what is the real thing? Don't be undersold. He said, I have come to give life and that much more abundantly. Everybody say abundant life. So this idea about favor, he'll, he'll bless the righteous man. See, in the Old Testament, it was earned. In the New Testament, uh, it's a gift. It's imparted. Do you understand that? Let me say it this way. Paul said, we don't have a righteousness of our own consisting of works. Listen, he who knew no sin was made to be sin on our behalf that we might be made, get this, the righteousness of God in Christ. The effect of righteousness will be peace and assurance and righteousness produces assurance and confidence. And I think we need to all understand the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus right now. Every time we receive Holy Communion, it's an affirmation of what Jesus provides for us, a table in the presence of our enemies, and that that blood was shed that cancels out our debt of sin, and that his grace is sufficient. Praise God for that. Isaiah prophesied, and Matthew repeated it, that a bruised reed he won't throw away, and a smoldering wick he won't put out. In, in Israel, uh, the lamps, those little clay lamps that they would fill with oil, and they would put a, a wick uh, made out of flax, they would put it in there and they'd light it and it would provide light. And of course, it was pre-electricity and they would have the, their households lit with it. But sometimes, as is what happens with candles and lamps, the oil would go away. There wouldn't be any more. The wick would have pulled it all up and burned it out. And then the wick would start to smolder. And I think some, that's a parallel. Jesus doesn't put out 
uh, some t people will just take a wick and throw it, the piece that's smoldering out. How many of you have lit a candle at all this, this winter so far? You light a candle, it's really great, you blow it out, it's just smolders. We all experience that. How much more with those oil-based lamps? And yet, the head of the household, Jesus, will not just throw away the, the wick. He doesn't go, oh, you're smoldering, you're not on fire, you're not that good a Christian, you're not a good witness right now, you've, got, you've gotten a little bit cold or fatigued and you've backed off or you're, you're, you've been, done some things inconsistently and it's things wrong, so I'm just going to abandon you now. No, he says, I will not throw away or put out a smoldering wick. The Jesus that I know gives us favor. We take refuge in a Savior who never gives up on us. We take refuge in a God of grace and mercy. Can I hear a hallelujah? And then we need to meditate on this and ponder this. Listen, if you don't get anything more, get this verse. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy and may you shelter them. That those who love your name may exult in you. For it is you who blesses the righteous man, O Lord. Look at this. You surround him with favor as with a shield. Hallelujah. The Hebrew word for surround is atar, atar, and it means to encircle for attack or protection. So God puts a favor shield around you. Women, men, kids, listen, the Lord has surrounded you. You may feel like you're surrounded, but you're actually surrounded by him. We're surrounded with favor as with a shield. Everywhere we turn, there's the love of Jesus Christ. Everywhere we turn, there's hope for a new beginning. In the last service, there were people who just had lost, uh, there was a woman who lost her husband and they really loved each other. They had a great bond. And she's still dressing up. She's still fixing her hair. She's still showing up, still worshiping God, tears and all. And she's gonna get to the other side. She's gonna overcome. Her husband's in the presence of the Lord and my Bible says we're gonna get to reunite. And that's a good news. Hallelujah. My mother-in-law died on Christmas Day and it broke our hearts. We wept. It was hard. It was terrible. But for her, she checked out. I guess she just didn't want to come to the house. She wanted to go to God's house, right? I'm sure she had a better Christmas than we would have provided. Because she's in the presence of Jesus Christ and got to celebrate his birthday one-on-one. -on -one. Praise the Lord for that. So here we are, meditating on Psalm 512. And understanding that that is the way God is toward each one of us. He loves each one of us. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. But we definitely need to receive it. And in the Psalms, in another place, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I thought, how do you taste and then see from it? You know, with COVID, some people lose their sense of smell and taste. I talked to two different people who had that experience. Just this morning, I talked to them, and they said their taste hasn't completely come back yet. But it, it's precious. You know, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. And, and with, in the case of what God's called us to, we need to partake. But we need to partake to the point where it doesn't just satisfy the immediate, you know, palate, but it, it, it pervades into perception. Where it's like my mind is renewed. My, my worldview is changed. And I'll, I want to tell you, favor is a lifestyle. It's, a, it's for a lifetime. In fact, listen to what this says. It says in, oh, I got I to find this so that you can get it because I only have such a short period of time. Psalm 30, verse 5. Psalm 30. Let's go to Psalm 30, verse 5. If, you're, if you have your Bibles with you, I'll, I have mine. My New American Standard side column. 
1995 updated. Psalm 30, verse 5. For his anger is for a moment. That's intense. The wrath of God is serious. And we see it in the occasion of Judges, chapter 6, 7, and 8, where Israel disobeyed God. And they, it caused all kinds of difficulty in their world. Uh, the Amalekites and the Midianites were oppressing them. But then when they, they realized it and they repented, instantly favor rushed in and God began to minister to the people. And I'm going to bring a deliverance. I'm going to tap out Gideon. Gideon is all reluctant. Gideon is wounded. Gideon is a smoldering uh, wick. No more oil in his crankcase. He's cranky. He doesn't have oil in his lamp, so it's just smoldering. He's not in touch with what the best of what he could have. God's trying to bring it to him, and he's arguing with God. Well, if God really loved us, why did this happen? Where are the miracles? And why is it, I, when I, when I, this isn't what I signed up for, blah, 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 blah. And instead of God saying, talk to the hand and going away disappointed, God kept calling him a valiant warrior. That just shows God doesn't throw away a smoldering wick. There are those among us, we've been through hard times. Many of the afflictions of the righteous. You know, we, we're all going through the same, a similar kind of thing globally. And uh, yet, because we're Christians and we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, we have information that gives us a security and an awareness. And in fact, we're required to embrace these truths. We need to understand and in fact, buy in today and taste and see that the Lord is good. And in fact, those who take refuge in the Lord he surrounds us actually with favor as with a shield. And I'm telling you, it's not a health and wealth gospel. It's not an amalgamation of the American dream with theology. It's not some sort of just cheapened thing that people try to categorize it in. It's bigger than all of that. It's abundant life. Jesus came to bring redemption. And I, I would have despaired unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I've been pastoring for 40 years, man. I've been standing side by side with people I've done a thousand funerals. I've been with people at their death. I have cried hot tears. I've had to stand with people and watch them die over and over again since I was a young man. So I'm not just gonna turn into some sort of candy-coated little sugar thing and, and get in denial. This is too serious for me. This is too serious for you. This is too serious for us. And, and so serious that we've got to hunker down and taste and see that the Lord is good, not let anybody talk us in or out of anything. Don't let little cheapo, whiny voices uh, try to disparage the idea of victory, the idea of, of a, being more than a conqueror, the idea of the resurrection power of God. Man, there are people that have embraced religion and don't even believe in the resurrection. How does that even happen? Why would you bother to be in clerical work and you don't even acknowledge that Jesus rose from the dead? It makes your faith miserable and empty and nothing. But the fact is, Jesus did rise from the grave. Bono, the lead singer from the, the Irish band U2, was interviewed by a British newsman and he asked him, well, what do you believe? I believe in God. Well, how do you pray? I pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. So what do you think? Do you think Jesus is divine? He goes, yes, I do. Do you think he's resurrected from the dead? I have no problem with miracles, Bono said. I am one. You're, you're serving the God of miracles and the greatest miracle is the new birth? 
And if anyone is in Christ, he or she becomes a brand new creation. And I'm telling you, the brand new creation mentality has got to get a hold of us. We don't just taste it. We have to see it. We have to let it get in our perspectives. We have to lift up our eyes and regard this and understand this and look at squarely at the lies of the devil and all of his false notions and say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I am standing on solid ground. This is what the word of God says. His anger is but for a moment. His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may last for the night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. That's not some glib little platitude to make us feel better for 45 minutes. That is for a lifetime. Yes, he does. He did pour out his wrath on the cross. It pleased God to crush Jesus, and he was not sadistic. What it was, was he was willing to spare no expense to let the human race be informed of its value. God is interested in people. He died on the cross to prove it. He suffered and died, and it was huge. It was so profound. Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because he never had broken fellowship like we have. When he had it, it was because of your sin and mine. He took sin upon himself. He became a sin substitute for us. Boom, it broke fellowship with the Holy Spirit and with the Father that he had enjoyed. And it was all, why have you forsaken me? Because sin, God, the, the, the wrath and, and that lasted for a moment, all the sky turned dark, the earth shook. But even the centurion that was standing before him, when Jesus cried his last cry, it was so with such dignity. It wasn't a whimper. It wasn't a pout. It wasn't self-pity. It was triumph. And the centurion said, surely this, is, this man is the son of God. The testimony even in his death was strong. We serve a great, resurrected, powerful Savior. And you better believe that it's God's desire for you to prosper, to win souls, to prosper in your soul life, thought life, to overcome in your marriage, to keep your, keep your business afloat, to keep creativity flowing through your thinking. You know, to have one of my workers say at 75, you know, God told me I'm going to have some adventures. I totally agree with that. And as I stand with her, I think, I want some of that. Give me some of that, Lord. Right? And so here we are. Proverbs 13, 15 says, good understanding produces favor. We need to be informed but the way of the, of the treacherous is hard. But when you walk with the Lord, God's blessings come upon us and they overtake us. Proverbs 12.2 says, A good man will obtain favor from the Lord, but he will condemn a man who devises evil. There is so much evil perpetuating right now on our planet. I can't imagine what it was like to be a Christian in 1938 Germany. I can't imagine what it was like to be a Christian in Pol Pot, Cambodia. I can't imagine what it was like uh, in so many of these seasons and epochs, but I do know what it's like in our time, and I'm telling you, God has never changed. His mercies are undiminished. His favor is for a lifetime. It would do us good to close with Proverbs 3, 3 through 4. I'd like you to turn to that, Proverbs 3, 3 through 4. And then hold your place in Isaiah chapter 12, Proverbs 3. And I want everybody to look at each other and say, I'm, I'm surrounded by favor. Look at somebody next to you and say, I have favor with God. I have favor with people. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 3.3. 3. It says, do not let kindness and truth leave you. Next time somebody says, 
pull your mask up. Just do it. Just do it. I realize they are not assigned by God to tell you what to do, but right now everybody's the boss of us. And if you get, you know, this gives us an opportunity to walk in the spirit, right? Not get in the flesh. Walk in love. Hallelujah. Proverbs 3, 3 through 4. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. What? Kindness and truth. Everybody say kindness and truth. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. In other words, if we just love God and walk right with him and treat people right, it's going to improve the atmosphere for us to receive and operate in divine favor. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. And he will make your paths straight. I close with a comment. I was away at Père Marquette praying for a couple of days. And as I was praying, I was bothered by a certain thing. And I was whining about it to God. And God said to me like this. This is the way God spoke it to me. He let me whine for a while. And then he said, and it was the way it came to me. Hey, why don't you pray about it? That was the way God spoke to me. And he could have been like, pray about it. You know, quit whining. You know, because his anger doesn't last for a moment. But he was like coaching me. And I went, oh, yeah, that is what I'm here for. So I prayed about it. Everybody say he prayed about it. And then I was, the sun was setting and I was sitting by the Illinois shoreline at that park. In fact, it's funny because the Illinois Department of Natural Resources uh, had a team of people with these gas cans lighting uh, an intentional fire to burn the invasive species, primarily the honeysuckle from Russia that was choking the woods and also some underbrush so that they wouldn't have forest fires there. And the lady and the guy I was talking to, they said, this is the, only the third time they've done this in 15 years. And I thought, it's amazing, because I go out and pray there randomly, and, and I've been in two of the three burns. And they had the gates closed to the, to the trails, and I thought, Here's, I was gonna drive up to the trails and pray, but the Lord had already told me, don't go out on the trails this time. And I thought, I told Pastor, I said, I'm not supposed to go out on the trails this time, but I really wanted to go out on the trails because I get, I get energized by walking and I get, it's like restful for me to move. I, I walk and move, you know. My, she gets upset when I go home from church. I stand in the living room while everybody's watching TV. I'm standing there. I eat while I'm standing. I just, it's like, I, 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 you know, I guess I get to sit down later, but right now it's like I, having done all to stand, I stand. But, the, but so then it was funny that I look in retrospect, well, the reason God was telling me don't walk the trails is because they're going to be closed, dude. And besides, the gate was closed, and I thought, I'll just, walk, I'll just walk past the gate and go up the hill. Well, I would have been in this giant fire. They burned 750 acres. There was so much smoke, and then when the wind shifted, I had to get out of there because it was filling up the room. I, had to, I took off. I went to the front desk to say, hey, I'm checking out. They had the, the gift store open with the door open. All the stuff was open. Nobody was there. I guess the workers left because I was checking out. I said, I want to get out of here. You know, my eyes were burning. I got... But I prayed, and the Lord will make your path straight. He'll give you favor. And while I was praying about this situation, I'll just be vague enough because it's 
this, but, it, but, but I'll be specific enough to say it. I was on the phone with my wife, and then something happened that was so answered to the prayer when God said, are you tired of whining? Pray about it. And when I prayed about it, God sorted it all out where I just sat there. Don't go up in the woods. It's going to be smoky. Just sit here for a minute. Be still and know that I am God. Let those who take refuge in the Lord rejoice and be glad. You say, Pastor Jeff, how can we be glad about anything right now? Be glad that you're still here. Be glad that you showed up at church. Be glad that you have the impetus and the momentum and the desire to press on like you are, to, to live another day. Come on, hallelujah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Wow. Listen, we're surrounded, but not like people think. We're surrounded with favor as with a shield. Psalm 34, seven says, the angels of the Lord encamp around those who fear him and rescue him. Hallelujah. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. Let's all stand up on our feet and I'm gonna finish with Isaiah 12. It says, then you will say on that day, I give, will give thanks to you, O Lord, for although you are angry with me, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Therefore, therefore, you will joyously draw water from the springs of salvation. And in that day, you will say, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the people, make them remember that his name is exalted. Praise the Lord in song. For he has done excellent things. Let this be known throughout the earth. Cry aloud and shout for joy, O inhabitants of Zion. For great is your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Hallelujah.